All right, guys, welcome back to another episode of Real Talk. Uh, NFC South breakdown as promised. And, of course, the number one topic in all the NFL, Pat Mahomes and his massive contract. And back, as always, we have Brad. Brad, how you doing? I'm doing well, man. How you doing? Good, dude. Good. <laughs> uh, guys, we're having our first ever in-person podcast recording. So uh, this might sound or feel a little different, but we're, uh, we're working through it as you guys are. So here we are. Yeah, it's exciting, but just so everyone knows, we are uh, practicing social distancing here. Yeah, yeah, we're we're walking like foot and a half apart. So we're gonna go ahead and start off with Pat Mahomes. Pat Mahomes uh, this past week announced a ten-year contract extension, making it uh, twelve years total on his deal, and it's gonna be worth a grand total of five hundred and three million dollars. Uh, first off, what's your initial reaction of the contract? Oh, well, first of all, wow. I mean, you've seen like a handful of these in baseball that are kind of close, but like for him to make that much money on one contract, that's the first reaction for everybody is Jesus. I mean, especially in football with the risk of injury to pay someone 10 years. I mean, he's the guy to do it for. I think he could be, he's a good guy to experiment with it for the first time. And I think he's worth it. I think he's earned it, but I don't know. Only time will tell if, I think I think I would do it though. I like what the Chiefs did. I mean, obviously, as of right now, this is the largest contract, not just in football, but in all of sports. A half billion dollars for one man. It's uh, in a lot of people's respects, he's the best player in the league. I think me and you both have him at number two, uh, behind Russell Wilson. But regardless, very hard to argue that at a whopping twenty-four years old, right? Twenty-four years old. Twenty-four years old. Uh, you got ten years out of him. Twelve. Let's just say twelve years. That puts him at thirty-six years old. Not even thirty-seven. Tom Brady's still balling at forty years old. It's a well-worth contract at this point. Um, I like what the Chiefs did. I think. I think. Uh, I initially was taken back when I first heard the deal was 10, 10 years. I had called you right away, or you had called me one of the two, and I said. Gotta be four hundred thousand. You had threw out a younger number that you thought was gonna be more team friendly. Um, turns out it's higher than both of us thought at five hundred thousand or five hundred million plus. And truly, it sounds like it's going to be team friendly in the long run. Um, I personally am not a huge fan of tying up that much of the cap into the quarterback. But you made a great point. You're like 10 years ago in 2007, if the Patriots signed Brady to a 10-year contract for this amount, would you have complained? And I said, absolutely not. I wouldn't have complained. But it's also one of those things where, as a Patriot fan, I experienced the dynasty through a quarterback bargain where they were able to build around the team. I just wonder how much long-term impact this would have on the Chiefs. And what do you think about that? What's the long-term impact? Um, I mean, first of all, as a Steelers fan, not exactly the same thing, but Ben Roethlisberger came in in 04 and in his first two years had won a Super Bowl. If at that time the Steelers came out with a 10-year contract, I feel like we would have been excited. And 10 years later, we've gotten a ton out of Ben Roethlisberger. And he's pretty, he's been a pretty high-paid quarterback his entire career. So I feel like that is a kind of an interesting measuring stick. Uh, quarterbacks at 36, especially in today's game, seem to be able to play you know, at 36 at an extremely high level. I know a lot of people talk about the whole, you can't pay the team around him now. 
Um, I think it'll have to be a lot of short deals with superstars, but I believe the Chiefs only need to draft fast players. I I don't think we're talking about Tyreek Hill the same if Alex Smith is still the quarterback. I think he's just another speed guy that didn't have a big arm quarterback. So when you talk about guys like McCole Hardman, Sammy Watkins, uh, that Robinson guy, I forget his first name, Tyreek Hill. I mean, Travis Kelsey's even on a small deal, but he's mobile enough to where you can work around a, a bad offensive line and he's got the arm to make just speed guys work. So paying your pass rushers in the secondary, which is kind of what they've done, pretty good corners, Tyron Matthew, sure up the defensive line. And then you have Andy Reid, who can just scheme first downs in today's NFL. I mean, free passes here and there. So I think it's the perfect quarterback head coach combo as a Steelers fan. It, I don't think you can argue that as of right now, it runs through the Chiefs and Ravens through the AFC. So, I mean, and Lamar Jackson's going to secure the bag if he doesn't get injured this next year. So I think the long-term and short-term benefits are great. And in 10 years, I would say at least four Super Bowl appearances out of the Chiefs. I don't want to talk about wins or losses, but I think they win the AFC at least four times in these 10 years. I think it'd be a shock if they didn't win any more. I think Patrick Mahomes is that good, and I have no no complaints about the contract from an outside perspective. So what is the what is the ceiling for this team? And what is the lowest that they could achieve that would still be worth this contract? Meaning if they don't win any Super Bowls, was this a wasted contract? If they only win one, was this a wasted contract? Where are you with that? Personally, for me, I don't, I don't know that he has to win another Super Bowl. You definitely need an appearance. Definitely need an appearance. I don't think you need, you know, Nick Wright. You know, on his show the other day, I think he said something along the lines of, "I think he wins at least three more." Um, again, that's assuming that he gets to three and wins them all. Otherwise, you're stating something that's really unprecedented. If you're just assuming that Pat Mahomes is going to go to five out of the next ten Super Bowls, Tom Brady was damn good, but he didn't do that. It's just that you're asking a lot. You're putting an unprecedented expectation over a player. And I also don't want to jump to conclusions and say that he's the best quarterback that's ever played this game when we've seen him for 35-ish games, 36-ish games. So I'm not going to do that, but what is your low expectation that would make this contract worth it, or where do you think they need to be at? I think the lowest it could be and still be considered a success is four appearances and two Super Bowl wins. I truly believe if, if 2030 comes around and we say – well, that 10-year deal with Mahomes, or the 12 years he was there, they got to three Super Bowls and won one. He's getting paid way too much money. And you have to look at everything. The NFL is moving towards catering towards offenses. Patrick Mahomes is the quarterback. And whether I like it or not, which I, tr I truly don't, but win-losses are attached to the quarterback. I think win-losses should be attached to head coaches, but they are oftentimes attached to quarterbacks. But Patrick Mahomes has a loss in his career where he scored 51 points. But, you know, a lot of quarterbacks will have that problem. You can't rely on one player, but in the NFL, it's built to rely on the quarterback. They paid him to be the guy. And I think I think on a short-term scale, in five years, if they don't win a Super Bowl, and I mean win a Super Bowl, they're going to start talking about it as a failure because he's making that much money. Not only is he the highest contract of all time, each year he will be paid as the highest paid quarterback. So if 
other teams win the win the Super Bowl, you look at some of the other teams that are up there, like the Saints, he's getting paid more than Drew Brees. So why isn't he performing better? Or any quarterback that's up there for that matter. We look at Aaron Rodgers. He didn't have the big contract, but I mean, he's only been to one Super Bowl. That's looked at as a failure. And I mean, Patrick Mahomes is getting paid high money like Aaron Rodgers was. Can you put the team around him? I think Andy Reid's better for that. But I think we're absolutely out of our mind if we don't think anything less than two Super Bowl wins would be a like failure with this contract. And when Miguel signed his just a few years back as a Tigers fan, he was so tough and changed about the fact that he was with the crown. And I was ecstatic about the 10 year deal, not worrying about age, not worrying about anything. And everyone's like, well, he's got to at least get one World Series win out of this. Otherwise, it's a failure. And I was like, no, that's not true. Now looking back, because as soon as he signed his deal, he started to slump and then get injured and he hasn't lived up to the deal. At this point, you needed a World Series. Yeah, this hasn't panned out. I don't see that same thing with Pat Mahomes. If he goes to, in the next five years, he doesn't reach a Super Bowl. He does not reach a Super Bowl. But he plays in three AFC title games, and who knows what the circumstances are. I don't know. I just, I'm not, uh, I'm not so wrapped up in the deal as he is, especially because you just gave him such a large contract that now you can't build an effective team. In the short term, they're going to be fine. They're going to be very good this year. They're going to be very good next year. But post 2022, once he starts his 10 year extension, he's collecting, I think they said in the first couple of years, it's like 49 weeks to 50. Mm-hmm. So he's going to be making roughly the $40 million range. I mean, I don't know. I think if, I think if Pat's going to want to say that he needs to be in this role every year, Peyton Manning, in some people's eyes, they don't think Tom Brady's the best. I think Peyton Manning's the best. Peyton Manning went to four Super Bowls in an 18 year career, whatever the heck it was. I mean, that's a lot. That's truly a lot. And Peyton Manning was one of the higher paid quarterbacks pretty much his entire career. Nobody was on his case. No, was he making far superior money than everybody else? No, not really. Making a couple million extra. He wasn't making no 50 million. But um, last question before we really move on to the NFC breakdown. Is there another quarterback? Obviously, Lamar Jackson comes up. Uh, Jackson will talk. Who's the next quarterback to see, you know, uh, a massive, a massive, because of this, and do you think they pass up Pat Mahomes as far as a, uh, a yearly average, or do you think that this sets the bar? I think we had kind of talked that maybe this resets the market down where the quote unquote best player in the league, if he's only making 40, we're not paying you 41, we're paying you 36, right. you know, or now he's making 50, you're not making 51, you're gonna make 45. Where, where, where are you at with this? Um, I guess a couple things. Uh, the next player to get paid like that I believe is Lamar Jackson for timing for individual awards and especially there's a real chance they win the Super Bowl this year or at least get to that Super Bowl if they're one of the final four teams AFC championship game or Super Bowl I don't see them not paying him if, if it's not as high per year maybe not 503 but I could see a eight-year 370 million like lock up your quarterback type deal um, with that being said, I kind of wanted to backtrack a little bit to like the baseball analogy. Yeah. And I, what position did Cabrera play? Okay. And then Bryce Harper has a contract like that in the outfield. Yeah. Um, Mike Trout has one. 
those guys I just feel aren't as important on a baseball team. Like the only guy I could see even being close to the conversation would be a starting pitcher. Yeah. <clears throat> and even they don't play every game. But you look at some of the best players, I believe they said some of the best wide receivers are worth like a point a game or maybe a running back is quarterbacks can be worth four or five points a game. He's touching the ball every play They're, I just believe they're way more impactful. When you bring up guys like Peyton Manning or even Big Ben with like Antonio Brown and Le'Veon Bell, I believe those teams did it wrong. They paid their quarterback a lot and then built a heavy offense around them. Reggie Wayne and Marvis Harrison, you know, all the Hines, all the different guys the Steelers had or other teams. But I believe the Chiefs have a cheat code because they only need sprinters. They don't need football players. They can every year, what guys are running sub four, three, three, draft them and they're going to work. There's, Andy Reid can scheme underneath routes where any play can go 100 yards. And that's how they score. Uh, Colin Cowherd, great quote, I think their red zone is the 50 yard line. I mean, the Texans are a playoff team and they score 28 points in a quarter or how many times has Patrick Mahomes done the three, four touchdowns in the second quarter? I just, I feel they have a cheat code and they need a pass catching running back track guys on the outside. And then if you're going to score this many points in the NFL, they have, you need two good pass rushers and kind of how they have it built a free roaming safety who can make plays, get, get your guys the ball. I mean, injury is never something you're going to account for or predict, but his mobility and his ability to throw like, what is it like 80 yards on the run, just flicking the wrist everywhere. And if it is true, he did say he couldn't even read defenses till halfway through his first starting year. So I think the sky's the limit. And like I said, they have kind of a cheat code. They're not going to pay him and then build a massively paid offense they're going to build a defense out because where did Peyton Manning, like, where did his downfall happen? His in the playoffs, his defense averaged like I think thirty plus games in the playoffs. Same thing with Aaron Rodgers, but with Tom Brady, because of the pay cut, they could build an offense and a defense. But like I said, I believe they can just build a defense and then Andy Reid's mind, Patrick Mahomes' ability. We just need a ton of gadget guys, and we're just going to make them great with our quarterback. So I think they're going a different way than it's happened before. They're going big for it, and I believe it's going to pay off. And if you don't like Nick Wright, I believe you're going to hate him as time goes on because truly I agree with most things he says. I know he jumps to the conclusion with the whole GOAT stuff with Patrick Mahomes, but I try to understand that his trajectory is aiming there. It could dip. It's very early. But this is like the highest trajectory we've ever seen at the start of a career. So it's hard to kind of predict what it is because we've never seen a Patrick Mahomes. Same thing for Deshaun Watson because his team's a dumpster fire. Yeah. Yeah. You just don't have that. And that, that conversation's been brought up a lot. Who's who's gonna be the next trio of AFC quarterbacks that kind of, you know, assert themselves? And outside of Patrick Mahomes, nobody has done that. 
Lamar has been a regular season nightmare, but come playoffs, he's been average, you know? So, yeah. Uh, any last words on Patrick Mahomes, the Kansas City Chiefs, $500 million contract? No, nothing on that, but every once in a while, these epiphanies come to me, these Brad's bold predictions, you Let's know? Let's hear it. And I'm telling you, if there's a team that could mount up the pieces and trade, watch out. This just hit me. Watch out for Deshaun Watson to the Cleveland Browns. They have enough pieces, enough cap room, enough uh, defense and offense. If they were to say even Baker Mayfield included with a defensive piece, an OBJ, a, a Ninjoku, I mean, they have a ton that they could throw, even draft picks, that they could throw for Deshaun Watson to go with Odell Jarvis. and that. That would be insane. That would that would break everything if Deshaun Watson got a roster around him. But like you said, maybe Lamar Jackson. We need to see more from his arm. But Patrick Mahomes got the highest deal. Right now he's got the best team in the AFC, arguably. And uh, they're the team to beat. They're the champions. All right. With that said, we're going to move on to the NFC South. And this, uh, you know, we kind of picked this out a couple of weeks ago after we did the AFC South, where it's like, well, let's just start with the NFC South. And I personally, when I said that, I honestly didn't realize that this is probably the most intriguing division in all of football. I mean, it's up there. It's top three for sure. Let's go ahead and start with um, a team I really like, uh, the Carolina Panthers. So they lost a whole lot, like only like a whole, whole lot. They lost their last eight games for starters. They lost Cam Newton. They lost Luke Keekley. They lost Greg Olson. They lost Eric Reed. Uh, three of those guys are mainstays from their Super Bowl run. They're gone. Uh, but they add Teddy Bridgewater, who was very serviceable for another division rival. They bring in Robbie Anderson from the Jets, and they bring in a solid corner in Eli Apple. So they do make some moves. Um, they still have Christian McCaffrey on their team. Uh, what's their first 2020 games? Uh, we're looking at their home against the Raiders. Then they go to the Bucks, to the Chargers, home against the Cardinals, at the Falcons. What do you have then? I have them at one and four. I have that as well. Okay. I think they lose to the Bucks. I think they lose to the Chargers because I think the Chargers probably get one at that time. Uh, I think they lose to the Cardinals. I think the Cardinals are going to be one of the more improved teams this year. I don't know how you're feeling about that. But then I think they beat the Falcons. The Falcons are just, you know, we'll talk about them here in a minute. I don't want to jump in because we're just, but that's going to be, it's going to be an interesting game for them because they, you know, it, Teddy Bridgewater doesn't seem to care where he plays. You know, he plays fine. It's Matt Ryan, who's actually pretty good at home, and I understand that's a road game for the Panthers, but I don't know. One or two picks, and the Panthers get rolling. I could see them winning that game, maybe. I have met two and three. You have met one and four. Um, what do you think of the Panthers this year? You think they're improved? Do you think they're they're just bad in general, but they're improved? Like, where, where do you have them? I honestly, if you think about all 32 teams, I think the Panthers are the hardest to predict going forward. 
Um, I think, like, new head coach, new quarterback, new defensive roster, like, new pieces everywhere, no training camp, no OTAs. Like, I believe the Panthers might be a dumpster fire early, but who knows when they get it going. This might be just like a scrap it, figure out what we got kind of year. Um, they drafted seven defensive players. I mean, D, three on the D-line, two safeties, two corners, so they're new everywhere. Uh, you said they signed Eli Apple. They lost James Bradbury, so that's kind of like a one-for-one one there. I I don't know where the Panthers got better. I mean, if you're telling me you had a healthy cam, would you really want Teddy Bridgewater over him? I mean, it's tough. I just think without with the lack of ability to – get to know one another really I think the Panthers are going to struggle really hard early which is funny that I have them beating the Raiders week one but I don't know if I've ever picked the Raiders to win a game in my life like I just lower tier yeah yeah They're just not quite there yet, and their secondary is definitely not quite there yet. But as far as the Panthers go, because I want to keep it on the Panthers, I just like what they have. You know, you, you bring in a a quarterback, and nothing against Cam because he's going to be playing for my Patriots, but, like, you bring in a quarterback that's about the team. He doesn't care about his own image. I mean, it's really just like a, I'm going to come in, I'm going to practice hard, and I'm going to play, and I'm not going to turn the ball over. Is he going to throw for four touchdowns a game? No. But he'll get you two, and he probably won't throw a pick, and you're going to be in position to win when the game's on the line late. And he's going to come into a pretty good offensive roster. Obviously, Christian McCaffrey, top three running back in the league. I mean, you have to argue him out of the top three hard, but I think he's top three. And then you get Robbie Anderson, who's new to the team. You have Curtis Samuel, and you have – DJ Moore. DJ Moore, thank you. Mm-hmm. I, that's pretty good three set of receivers. I would take that. Lots of speed, too. Lots of speed. They're all pretty much possession receivers for the most part. Robbie Anderson can kind of go deep on you. But for the most part, they're going to – they're not going to ask Teddy Bridgewater to throw 40 yards downfield. They're going to ask him to throw it 10, 15 yards, be accurate, which he will be. And they'll move the ball on people. And then when there isn't anything there, oh, I forgot he used to dump it off to Christian McCaffrey, who had like 100 catches this year. I don't know. I think this team's better than we give them credit for, but they're also to the point where they're so young defensively, they'll get scored on. Yeah. So, I don't know. I uh, Do I think they have the potential of being 5-0 in their first five? Absolutely not. But I also don't think they're going to be 4-5. So, somewhere in there, 2-3, and 1-4, and four, you know, I'm not going to argue too much for them, but they're one of my most improved teams. <laughs> uh, I talked to Andrew Bradish about his most improved teams after the draft. He was on the podcast. And I argued for the Panthers when he had them as one of the teams that he yeah. And I argued for them. I, I really do. I, I back the Panthers. I think they did a lot of good things. And that's saying something when you let go of three, essentially three captains and three players that basically play on your Super Bowl roster just five years ago. So it's saying a lot. But anything else to add on the Panthers? Um, defense is so young, it's hard to predict. But end of the day, this team goes where Christian McCaffrey goes. He's the Panthers. And – I mean, we all saw what he did last year and the year before. Yeah. The year before. Yeah. He's just number one pick in fantasy. Yeah. Do all purpose, too yeah. good, and honestly, just a good football player. Yeah. Uh, 
the Falcons, who <coughs> were just slightly better than than uh, the, the start of their season. So they started the season last year one and seven, so really bad. They ended four and zero, oh, but they, I mean, they just struggled throughout the rest of the year uh, outside of their last four. But they lose Vic Beasley, they lose Devontae Freeman. They add a lot of name variety. We'll break down what those names actually mean to them. But they, they get Hayden Hurst, the tight end. They bring in Todd Gurley, who we've talked about in former, or past pods. And they bring in Dante Fowler, who I actually really like as that signing. Go ahead and talk about their first five games. Then. Okay, we got uh, home against the Seahawks, at the Cowboys, home against the Bears, at the Packers, home against the Panthers. Just on variety, that's a tough sign. Yep. Start talking about some of the more popular teams in the league and teams that are just like hard nosed. I, I mean, really, that's a t- that's a tough schedule right there. Um, I somehow am putting them down for two and three, and here's why. I think they lose to the Seahawks at home. Okay, I think they lose to the Cowboys on the road. I think they do beat the Bears at home. They're good. They're a good home team, and I, I don't think the Bears are quite there yet, even though we both kind of agree that Nick Foles is a little bit of a pro improvement. Okay? I think they lose to the Packers, but they, they do have a shot at beating the Panthers. I do think that's a chance. If they don't, let's say, that, let's say that's a loss, and I have them at one and four, I could see them squeaking out a win somewhere else in the schedule. I just don't think they're going to start off one and four again. They're not that bad. They still have weapons. They still have Julio. They got Matt Ryan. They got younger at running back, right? I mean, they bring in Ty Gurley, but they drafted um, Cam Akers. Uh, I don't think so. I don't remember. They, I think they did they, draft a running back in the third round. They, they got a younger running back. I don't know. I think they'll be all right. Um, I do like Hayden Hurst in their passing game, even though I lost Austin, Austin Hooper. I don't know. I just don't think this team's going to be terrible. What, um, what do you think? Um. Two divisions we haven't covered that I think I will get the most pushback on the podcast with. I don't like the Seahawks, and I love the Bears. I I think those teams are going to 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 flip a lot this year. Um, I have them beating the Seahawks at home. I think that's going to be a fireworks show, and I believe the Falcons are going to outscore the Seahawks. I don't think that's going to be a 17-14 game. I'm talking both teams might even be over 30 in this game, but I, I like the Falcons there. Uh, they do lose to the Cowboys. I have them losing to the Bears. Like I said, when we get there, I'm going to have the Bears at a higher win total than a lot of people. I think they're a team I'm going to take a lot of bets on going forward this year. Uh, at the Packers, they'll lose, but I have them beating the Panthers. So um, I do have them going two and three, but oddly enough, I have them beating the Seahawks and Panthers. Again, both home games. Uh, the Bears is tough because, like I said, the Falcons are a really good home team. Uh, I just think – their offensive firepower. I, I know they need a lot on defense, but if Todd Gurley's healthy, that's another dimension. I think Hayden Hurst can do a lot of what Austin, uh, Austin Hooper did. And with Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley, that's that's not an offensive combo you want to see. They play in a dome. Matt Ryan can play at a high level. Now, like I said, I'm not super high on the Falcons, but I'm not high on the Seahawks at all. So I know that's a shock to a lot of people. Might yeah, get pushed back, might be wrong. But. That's something I like the Seahawks. I know it's where they're going forward. I, I don't think they have a lot of talent, but they have Russell Wilson, so I like him. Yeah, and I, so so yeah, that's fair. Um, so I think we're both in agreement that Hayden Hurst is going to make an impact for this team. Yes. Um, Dante Fowler, not sure how much you you know you picked up in 
That's a huge signing. Fowler's a dog. He's a dog with the Jags. He's a dog with the Rams. This team lacks any sort of defense. They haven't been good on defense for years because Matt Ryan dropped 30 a game and they still lose. Right. So Fowler's huge. Um, but Gurley. We've talked about this on, on past pods. I feel like we have to bring it up again. A lot of name variety. There's, But there's just nothing there. What's your take on it? I guess my biggest take on Gurley is in short down situations. I like him better than any running back the Falcons have had in the past few years. So, I mean, if uh, if the Falcons are struggling on third down, I believe they're getting yards. So their third down should be pretty short. Um, I believe even if the knee isn't 100%, a team's likely to put an extra guy or two in the box if it's Todd Gurley over Devontae Freeman. And he can also pass catch. So he's had a lot of time off. I, I, who knows what the, what the knee is. Clearly, he was not the same for the Rams, and then they just booted him out. Like, they didn't want him at all, which is shocking. But, I mean, who knows how much that was Sean McVay and Todd Gurley getting into it or the knee or this or doctors limiting him. Who knows? That whole situation was kind of a mess. Um, I do like where they went with their first two picks with corner A.J. Terrell and then Marlon Davidson from Auburn. So they are working on the defense a little bit. And – they have Deion Jones and Keanu Neal, but they've gotten hurt the last two years. But everybody knows when they're healthy, they can force a lot of turnovers. They can make a lot of plays. So the Falcons the last few years have been a coin flip. One week they go 48-3. to three, The next week they get sacked seven times. And you know, So they're a very hard team to get behind because they're so streaky. But I think their streakiness is what makes them a scary team in the NFC. Yeah, Colin always talks about how the, the Falcons, his, his blazing five are just a team that he stays away from. Never bets on them. Doesn't know if they're going to cover. Doesn't know if they're not going to cover. You just never know what freaking Falcons team will show up. They have always been very good at home. Matt Ryan's home record's always been very good. Obviously, probably last year, probably suffered because they started one and seven. But uh, just the Falcons, they're just tough. Like you said, you just never know what you're getting. They're streaky enough to be dangerous, but the same token. Do you think they fire their coach this season? Plus the nine wins. Yeah, yeah. Be, I mean, you got to. It'd be a toss-up with nine or ten wins if you don't make the playoffs because then you start thinking, do we move off Matt Ryan? You know, the Saints are going to need to find a new quarterback. The Buccaneers shortly are going to need to find a quarterback. So are we. I mean, how long is Teddy Bridgewater going to play? Yeah. I mean, they're a team that if they're looking for a new quarterback, they're another team that could be in the play for Deshaun Watson. Basically what I'm getting to real quick, subtle hint, Deshaun Watson will not be on the Texans. In at least two years, he's going to be gone. Yeah. I don't think he wants to be there. He'll never sign there. I think that's the feeling. He will take his talents wherever he needs to. But they're another any, – any team is going to be tough because there's so many wide receivers in the NFL now. It's all going to look good. But, I mean, yeah, the Falcons, they got to get rid of their coach. Yeah, there's one thing. He took you to the Super Bowl, so there's a little bit of like sentimental like attachment there. A lot of teams go to the Super Bowl, though. I mean, if you don't win, it was just another game. Unless you go, if you establish something, it's a little different. But if you go one time and you fail to get back to the playoffs, it ends up just being another game. Pretty soon, people are gonna forget that the Falcons went to the Super Bowl. Actually, maybe they won't because they blew the hard seed. But had they got blown out 30 to 10, you would probably forget the Falcons even made it. Yeah, and again, with the getting to the Super Bowl, not only did they shatter that massive lead, but again, up, upwards in the upper management, 
how much of that was Kyle Shanahan just backpacking the team? Matt Ryan's MVP year. The rest of his years aren't even close to that. He goes to the 49ers. You look what he's doing over there. I think it's obvious that it was Kyle Shanahan. The Falcons were just the Falcons before him, and now they're just the Falcons afterwards. But they were a team that was feared with Kyle Shanahan. They set records on offense. I mean, it, it wasn't Dan Quinn. I believe that's his name. Yeah. It, it was Kyle Shanahan. He's yeah. a genius. Yeah. They're just not. It's not Dan Quinn's team. The thing is, is Dan Quinn, if you remember back when he was with uh, the Seahawks, they were a defensive team. But even then, they had the Legion of Boom and Bobby Wagner. There's not even a defensive presence in Atlanta. People go into Atlanta and drop 30. No, they don't. They don't give a crap about playing against Atlanta. There's no defensive presence there. It, yeah. Moving on. The uh, the Saints, we're not going to really talk about their last five because they were a playoff team, but they lose in the first round of the playoffs. Um, uh, a questionable call to many. I was okay with it, but the, the non-push-off call that gives Kyle Rudolph the, the touchdown, Vikings win. Years in a row, the Saints lose on what most people consider questionable calls. Uh, this past season, though, they went out and made some moves. They bring in Emmanuel Sanders on the offensive side of the ball. Um, gives Mike Thomas that secondary wide receiver touch that they just really haven't had at this time. They go out and get Malcolm Jenkins, and they go out and get as a backup, backup to Taysom Hill. They get Jameis Winston. Go ahead and uh, drop your first five for them. Um. Uh, Bucks, Raiders, Packers, Lions, Chargers. I didn't really say home or away because the Saints should be five and zero in my opinion. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So week one, they're going up against a very new Bucks team. But fun fact: the Saints haven't won a home opener in like it's been like five or six years. Something crazy. So they're due. Sounds like they're due to me. It, they're due. But at the same token, I mean, it might just be a thing that you know. It takes it takes these younger rookies time to actually at least a game to understand. Okay, this this, this playbook is a little bit more dense than we thought it was, or whatever it is. But week two, they're going to the Raiders, and I believe this is the first ever Las Vegas game. I think Drew Brees is going to light it up. I think he's going to drop a fifty burger. They're going to slaughter the Raiders. Yeah. For any of you Raiders fans that are listening to this, I promise you, Drew Brees is going to walk into your brand new stadium that looks like a remote control vacuum, and they're going to smoke you. And you might score. You may score. I'll give you some points. You might get 10 to 10. They're dropping a 50 burger. Mark my words. 50 points <laughs> in the new Las Vegas. Go ahead and bet it if you're going to be at the game because you're going to be in Vegas anyway. 50 points. They're going to win by three scores. It's not going to be close. Uh, this isn't just a podcast. It's shit on the Raiders. So let's move on. Um, they're going to host the Packers in a very good game in week three. I also have them winning that game. Uh, they're going to Detroit. That will be an interesting one. Uh, they stay in a dome, though. Drew Brees probably a roll in that one, too. Uh, then again, Detroit with Matt Stafford has been pretty good at home. And if he's still healthy, we'll have to see. It might be a fireworks show. I still think the Saints win, though. And week five, I'm going to piggyback on something you've been preaching for weeks. If there's a team that can beat the Saints, I don't give a shit where it's at. 
the Chargers match up really well with them. They're three corners, come up there, play man to man in their face, and kind of push that. Yeah, yeah. I think that's uh, it's definitely something that can be that can be uh, that can be done. I, I think the Chargers can go in there way, especially if by that time maybe they're two games deep with. With Justin Herbert, yeah. yeah. I don't know. I think uh, if the Saints lose on their first time, it'll be against the Chargers. So you're rolling with a I, week one guarantee. I, I really do. I think I think the Saints have more to prove than going to that game. Home opener in New Orleans. Maybe they haven't won a home opener because there are fans in the stadium. You never know. Maybe there won't be this time. Yeah. Be able to yeah. get after it. I, the Buccaneers, I'm super high on. I believe most people are. We're going to talk about it in a second. It'd be hard about. not to. Um, if the Saints do lose a game. I think the Chargers are that team. I don't think. Okay. Okay. Uh, we didn't really get into the losses because they don't really have too many that matter. So, any last words on the Saints before we move on to the Buccaneers? Um, no, I, be- I mean, most people know, but they got Jameis Winston. Um, so, they do still have a backup for Drew Brees. Um, but they had two savvy veterans on each side of the ball Malcolm Jenkins. You know, they love those Ohio State guys back there. <clears throat> yep. Big-time shot caller on the defense. Been there, done that, has a ring. I think they need that pedigree. Emmanuel Sanders, another guy in the offense. He's gone to a few places and been told to be the guy. The Broncos, the 49ers. He's worked with some good quarterbacks, Ben, Peyton Manning, Jimmy Garoppolo. Gets to go play with Drew Brees, and he knows there's a triple team on the other side of the field every time. He's going to get it. I think I don't know if he'll get a ton of yards and touchdowns, but I think he will have a volume catch here. I think he's gonna get a lot of balls thrown his way, short intermediate routes. He's a good route runner. So they draft Caesar Ruiz out of Michigan, Zach Bond out of Wisconsin. I think those are nice young additions to this team. And uh, who knows if Drew Brees does call it a year after this year, they go forward with Jameis Winston and their offense certainly isn't gonna shrink. So I think the Saints are gonna be good this year. And I think they have a real chance to have the best regular season record. I won't go into postseason, but I believe the Saints could be that number one seed in the NFC. We'll revisit that comment here in just uh, just a second. We're going to get to go into our fourth team in the NFC South. Um, Probably the most intriguing team in all football going into the season. Uh, A lot of people have their predictions. You know, this team finished three and two, but to be honest, Throw that record out the window. What happened with this team in 2019 means absolutely nothing for their 2020 team because this team is literally so different. Um, they're one of the few teams that are going to have a complete change at quarterback. Um, big time ads for them. They go out and they sign Tom Brady away from the Patriots. They go out and bring Rob Gronkowski out of retirement. I still don't think this team is done adding pieces. Um, but they open up 2020 with a road victory at uh, at the Saints, in my opinion. You happen to think that's not the case that we just talked about. But what do you think about week two? Uh, they win their next four, in my opinion. I think they beat the Panthers. They, okay. they, they get a win, their home opener at Tampa. Brady, Brady plays well. I think <clears throat> that young Panthers defense is really in for it. Yeah. Um, this is you're going to see probably anywhere from six to eight starters who are rookies on this team. They got to guard Mike Evans. They got to guard Chris Godwin. They got to guard Gronk. They got to guard Tom Brady. I mean, they're just 
chickens with their head cut off on defense. I think it's I, it's a slaughter too. I believe for Panthers. It could very well be one of those games week one where the Saints have just been together for so long and they add up. They're not adding a rookie wide receiver. They're adding Emmanuel Sanders. I mean Emmanuel Sanders is ten years in this league. He's played with very good quarterbacks. Dude knows where to be. Knows how to get open. I could very well see the Saints winning that game at home and breaking that opener streak that they got. But then week two, after, uh, you know, maybe it's a tight loss, maybe it's a blow. Who knows what the Saints are able to do. Maybe they beat them 41-17, to 17, or maybe it's close and they win 31-28. Who knows? But I can definitely see what you're saying. Tampa Bay goes at home, their home opener. Everyone's going to be rowdy for Brady. Everyone's going to be rowdy for Brian. Everybody's going to be rowdy for the Super Bowl prediction. And the Panthers are going to come in there and honestly a sitting duck with that defense. And, I, yeah, it could be one of those games where Brady drops a 50-burger, you know. It could definitely be that, especially with the matchup nightmares. I actually have them winning the first two, though, and losing week three at Denver. And here's why. History. Brady's record at Denver and Brady's record at Miami are two things that uh, will always be with him. And Denver is a team on the rise, and I personally believe that after two weeks, they will be a team that, uh, you know, we just talked about them just a couple weeks back on the AFC West right now. But I like Denver. Do I think they're going to be a playoff team? No, but I think they can probably win some games and maybe have a shot at that, at that seventh seed. But that's a loss for me. You have that as a win. Yeah, I like I like the Broncos, too. I do think they're on the rise. Um, I just don't want to, like, underplay how loaded the Bucks are. Just on talent alone, the Broncos, just, I don't think they have enough. I I just don't think the Broncos have enough. I, I like where they're at in offense. Drew Locke, their new pieces. I think their offense is really fun to watch. But their O-line is something that needs work. And the front seven of the Buccaneers is stacked. They might have a, they, they have a top three front seven in the NFL. I think that's a game where Drew Locke's kind of running for his life. And if the Bucs get one, two, two touchdowns and a field goal, Lock feels the pressure, you know, he's he's looking across the sideline. It's Tom Brady's playing against because that matters. People will say it doesn't matter. That matters. I like Drew Lock. I like the Broncos. I, I think the Bucks just walk in and they just they're too big. They're too big for the Broncos right now. A couple of years though, look out for the Broncos. Yeah, we four they're back at home. And at this point, I'm pretty sure it's gonna be hard to say, but I would assume that Herbert will probably be back at home. And I, I don't think it's going to be enough, but I do think that this game also poses a threat. Again, based off what you've been preaching with the Chargers, that they can match up with anybody. They got three Pro Bowl corners. I'm changing it. Chargers win that game. You got the Chargers winning that I'm one. changing it right now. Two and three. I, I got I to gotta back them all the way. I Every time I see me putting down a loss for the Chargers, I cringe because I think they're going to be so good. They are a lock for the playoffs. And I think they can compete with the Chiefs to win this division. I, the reason being is a lot of people talk about, like, teams that struggle a bit on offense, but their defense is just that good. The Chargers have – their defense is going to be so good. They're going to be lights out. I think they're going to lead the league in points per game. Maybe not sacks, maybe not takeaways. Maybe they will. But I believe in points per game and maybe even yards. I, across the board, I think I made my point clear here. The Chargers defense is going to be suffocating no matter the offense. They have too many elite players. I, they've got six or seven elite players. Derwin James, 
all three corners, Melvin Gordon and Joey Bosa. That's six players that would walk onto any team and take the starting spot just about. Or, or they're moved around to be a starter. They are just loaded everywhere. And uh, I just, I love the Chargers. We've already talked about them. Moving on, I'm changing the Bucks lose at home. Again, Brady struggled, like you said, in Denver and in Miami. That could be a Florida thing. The Buccaneers have been bad in the past. Maybe he goes from Denver back to Miami. He could be sluggish. And if Brady's off, they really have no chance in this game. Brady against a rookie or Tyrod, I'm taking Brady. I don't care how good the defense is, even though it could be low scoring. Hell, the, the Bucks could win 21 to 10, but there's I, I still have them winning that game. Um, and then week five at Chicago, I don't know what it is. Brady has played fantastic in Chicago's whole career against the Bears in general. He's always been great. I can see them walking to Chicago and winning that, no problem at all. But then again, Nick Foles. Brady, who knows? Maybe that one's a fireworks show. I think that one's actually on Sunday Night Football. But I think the Bears, they just don't have enough on the perimeter. Yeah. And uh, the pressure that the Bucks can apply. <clears throat> I just, I think the Bears, might, it might be a close first half. Maybe they go into half down by seven to ten points. I, I just don't think they can stick with them. I think the Buccaneers pull away that game. Yeah. That was yeah, looking here, actually, that Chicago Bears game, uh, it's at Chicago. It's going to be on short weeks on Thursday night. So, short week, I'll take Brady. So, Regardless, I think uh, I am at four one. You got them at three and two. I can easily see them being three and two. I mean, it's crazy. I can see them being two and three. I think that's a lot to they're, say. They're a new team, and that's, that's a tough one. It I'm is. The Panthers. Those are battles. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's a, it's a battle every game. And the fact that they're at Chicago with Nick Foles, the culture will be a little different. That could be a battle. And too. at five, I mean, if Tristan Wurst. It's an elite defense. Chicago's an elite yeah, defense. Tristan Wurst is a rookie. Yeah. I mean, go guard Khalil Mack in your yeah. fifth game. As a, yeah. He might even not start the season. So, I mean, Khalil Mack, I mean, he's an Aaron Donald, J.J. Watt, Joey Bosa type of guy. So, yeah. There's a lot there. And then you have high pick Patricia for the Saints and Jalen Hurts, uh, despite their first five. And to be honest, I can see them starting two and three and winning five in a row. I mean, I don't. Yeah. I mean, their, their next couple games after that, you know, they're home against the Packers on the road at the Raiders. That's a for sure win. Yeah. I, the Raiders have nothing to stop them at. They go on the road at the Giants on Monday night. They can get a win there. And then they're home against the Saints again where they can try and revenge that loss. Um, then they're on the road with the Panthers. Again, the Panthers, just, they just don't have enough. So, literally, they can be right yeah. back in the play. I, I don't think there's any question Buccaneers make the playoffs, and I don't think they make it by a thin margin. I just think the new team kind of getting rolling, I think the Saints are too hot too quickly, especially if the Saints take that first game. That the division title, I believe the Saints start to run away with. Like I said, I see the Saints tops losing three games. And if they were to sweep the Bucks, there's no chance. So that second game is really going to matter too. Everyone's going to watch those matchups if their team's not on. Um, but I just kind of a Bucks slow start. But I mean, they could win the division. I mean, it's Brady. Gronk answers a lot of questions that defenses can't account for and yeah. I know when I bring up Gronk people talk about his age and stuff but like you know he's just a he's god he's just how do you Gronk what do you do I mean I the Steelers the Steelers have been beaten by Gronk more than Brady I feel like watching the games like it's just like 
We have had no answer for Gronk, and I can only imagine how many other teams are like, we drew the perfect play, Brady just chucked it down the middle, and Gronk baptized people on Sunday. Like, I, it's just yeah. – Gronk answers a lot of questions, and he only needs three four catches a game. But those catches are always so crucial. He's a big-time player. He lives for the moment. He can block. It's just Gronk answers so many questions. Mike Evans, Chris Godwin. Oh, there's guys the limit for that offense. The Saints. Um, you know, based off of a little bit of Homer in me, but just all around offense, I'd like to say Tampa Bay. If the first three weeks they're three and zero, they're not only going to win that division; they're going to be one of the better teams in football. Right. I really believe that. But as of right now, I have to agree. I think the Saints probably win this division just because we're talking little to no. OTAs last training camp. That's huge. That it, it's just huge. The fact that you know we didn't even talk about this. And I don't really know that we have the time or I don't understand it Sunday, but quarterbacks first years with Bruce Arians have always been very bad. And pick apart who you will, but like you know Carson Palmer was brought up, and Carson Palmer had a terrible first year with Bruce Arians, and then the next two years he was fantastic, made the playoffs, and who knows what this first year will do? Do I think Brady throws twenty picks? Absolutely not. not but I also don't think that you throw five touchdowns in the game either, and you might need that on the road at the at, uh, But another thing to keep an eye out is, is Tampa Bay fans and Saints fans, they literally hate each other, and I think these two teams do as well. It's one of the, one of the better rivalries that doesn't get talked about in the league. I don't know. It could be one of those things that week one, everybody takes Tom Brady aside and listen, like, this is, this is our Jets. This is our Ohio State. Please beat them. And we'll, you know, we'll have, who knows? But I, just, I think Tom Brady knows how important of a first freaking game this is. And it can be a mini playoff game. Yeah, but at the same token, I think Drew Brees does too. And I just, the Saints secondary has such a massive advantage in this matchup. Like, Mike Evans, I love him to death. And I know you're a, just as big a fan as Mike He's Evans. One of my favorite I have him ranked higher than almost ev- just about everybody I talk to. But Mike Evans is terrible against Marshawn Lattimore. Like, he has his number. Like, it, Antonio Brown wasn't good against Xavier Rhodes. Out of all the corners, it was Xavier Rhodes that gave him problems. Mike Evans, it's it's mental against Marshawn Lattimore. He struggles in those games. And I know there's still Chris Godwin. But Malcolm Jenkins, their secondary, I believe the Saints just have the edge. Like, their defense can win games for him. I believe the Buccaneers' defense will keep them in all their games. And if the Bucs get a lead, the they're going to be a nightmare because of their their front seven. But the Saints have a defense that can play from behind, open playbook. They can guard kind of everything. And Marshawn Lattimore, I think he's top five corner in the league. So, I mean, I don't know. I just think the Saints are better early, too. They're basically the same team. Yeah. They're basically the same team. They added a great piece with uh, me. Both teams add two two, uh, veterans. But, unfortunately, one is a quarterback in a new system and a new team, and one is – a wide receiver who can just walk in, learn, you know, half the playbook, if not all of it by now. Yeah. And uh, the other one's a safety who kind of just calls his shots. And I don't know. I just – I like the Saints early. Who knows? That second matchup is going to be really fun to watch in Tampa. But I'm glad you brought that up. What? Just think about this. When is the last time that Tom Brady – and I'm not talking about, like, the first three weeks when they'll really – you can lose those games and not worry, lose sleep. When's the last time Tom Brady played a meaningful division matchup? 
It's got to be the one against the Bills, and the defense pulled it out when they had like the yeah, block. It wasn't, it wasn't for the game. Yeah, but it, it wasn't was for the division. It was meaningful though. It was because the Bills had a shot at that division. They had a shot. Yeah, but it's that game matters. Okay, I got one. Week 17. Beat the Dolphins. That's and you have different. a bye. <gasps> it's different. It's different because the division's on. You're going to the playoffs no matter what. Like That's a meaningful division. We're talking game. early November. They're going to play the Saints at home on Sunday night football. How bad is that that team? game is going to be massive. Massive. I don't know. I, I think this cuts through. You can say it's not a big divisional game because it's for the division, but they literally know you get a bye in oh, the I know. first. I, I that, know. And I know. it was massive for the team at the time. Everybody, how many jaws broke their own feet dropping when they saw Brady lose to the Dolphins? That was a meaningful. It's because, like you said, he wins meaningful games. He didn't win that one, and it's like I just that ah, we've already we 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 got a chance to talk about. So I don't want to talk too much about yeah. his past teams, no, but yeah. I would say his last two meaningful divisional games, he played the Bills and special teams touchdown. They won a very close game, and then they played the Dolphins, and they lose to lose the bye to give the team the bye that actually went on to win the Super Bowl at that time. Who knows how, how much different that is? The playoff. Hindsight, you know, who knows? But we all know over the course of his entire career, Tom Brady has been brilliant in big games. He doesn't turn the ball over often and he scores the ball often. It's death by a thousand cuts. He walks up. He knows what you're in. He knows what you're playing. That's why the chargers pose such a big problem. We're not in anything. We're guarding the guy across from us and we're good enough to do so. That's why the Chargers are going to be a huge problem. Three pro bowl corners and a pro bowl safety. They can literally just line up and say, you know what we're doing, beat us and they can beat you. So the Chargers pose an interesting problem that way. But, yes, Brady is always good in big games, and it's going to be a huge game against the Saints. But typically, Drew Brees is also good outside of the playoffs. He does – Drew Brees, there's something about him in the playoffs. Same thing with Peyton Manning. He had the same thing. But regular season, Drew Brees and Peyton Manning, there has never been a time ever you've seen them on the schedule and like, thank God we're playing Drew Brees week 12. Thank God we got Manning week 14. That's a free – I mean, these are both teams that know what's up there. and. If any team has a true fire, it's the Saints. They the backs against the wall. We're winning 13 games a year and getting bounced by, in their opinion, BS. One play does not decide a football game. Thank you. But the I don't want I don't want to say Brady, 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 because in the big games, in division, he's never had a breeze. Yeah, that's yeah, and I get that. So, so I mean, and, and I'm I'm a huge advocate of quarterbacks don't play quarterbacks. I do know young quarterback. I said earlier, Drew Locke looks across, sees Tom Brady. Maybe he tries to fit that ball in or tries that dime pass that doesn't work out. But when you're facing a Drew Brees, Drew Brees doesn't care about Tom Brady. He's in his playbook on the sideline. Drew Brees is playing. Drew Brees the, knows he's getting thirty. Correct. Yeah. And. Tom Brady probably believes I'm getting 30. They're going out there against secondaries, and the Saints have a massive secondary matchup in that game. So, but I believe the Buccaneers have a wide receiver advantage in that game, but it is not very far. Michael Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders are just different receivers than Godwin and Evans. But I believe you can pick a side, you can sway either way. But when you talk about the Saints Bucks, you talk about two teams that are winning 11 plus games and they're in the same division and they're probably going to see each other in the playoffs. I mean, 
you have other teams, 49ers, Packers, maybe a team I'm not mentioning that will be there. There's going to be seven teams, obviously. But <clears throat> only one team is going to get a first round by. And it's possible neither of them do because the 49ers the are. 49ers, great. who we haven't talked about, I am very strong that they right. might be next week. You know, the crazy thing is that the Saints might have to go into Wild Card Weekend or, you know, the Tom Brady and the Bucks might have to go into Wild Card Weekend. They could be two they, and seven. On the road. In the first round. Yeah. They could go on the road and play a team that's far less superior than in the NFC East, which for the last several years, the NFC East is hosting a playoff game and they haven't been the better team. Yeah, they've been eight and eight, seven, yeah. seven and nine, I think, I, even one time. Yeah, I just, who knows? I mean, you could see, a, a, let's say the Bucs lose. Let's say that the Bucs go in at 10 and six, but they have to go on the road to Philly. Philadelphia. That's uh, a tough game. That's a very tough game. That's a great playoff game to watch. Yeah. Regardless, you want to uh, tune in to week one, you're going to see New Orleans hosting the Bucks 425 on Sunday. Uh, that's, it's definitely Ooh. the game of the weekend, uh, at least on opening weekend for the, for the Sunday. So, with that being said, another fun podcast. Anything else you got to add? Nope. But, uh, I know we, we bicker a lot. There's some big things going back and forth. And I know if you're listening, you pick the side on some of this stuff. You know, don't don't hesitate to call me out on Facebook. Call me out, you know, call me on my phone if you have it. I live to argue for this, and I'm all for for uh, new information. So, hey guys, share the podcast loud. Let people know that you're listening, and be sure to comment on the post and just be like, "Listen, the Bucks are gonna go eight and eight. Stop being a whole <laughs> let, let me have it." So, again, it's been fun. Uh, be on the lookout for more NFC stuff, and probably have an NBA uh, season kickoff preview coming here in a couple of weeks too uh football's around the corner hope you guys are staying healthy yeah be good take care